The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, Sean Gotti here, coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina, and there's not a single radio show around here that's worth a damn, so I'm listening to the Eric Zane Show podcast, coming to you live, Monday through Friday, so sit back, get your trays in the upright position, feet and elbows out of the aisle, because here he comes, Eric Zane. Oh my gosh. What a day. What a day. Welcome into the Eric Zane Show podcast from the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. We wind it up again for the 730 for time number. Wait, how would I say that? The 734th time? Yes. Why would I struggle with that? Something so simple. Uh, I, I see everybody kind of lining up, filling the space on Twitch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being part of this show. As I said, I think I said the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. I don't really know where my brain is today. Kind of discombobulated. I don't know why. I shouldn't be. Uh, but I am. But I'll try to make it through. Before I get to the matter at hand, we got a foot of snow. There is one foot of snow. Okay, four or five, even six inches. Eh, you know, whatever. You can get through that. No big deal. But we got a foot of snow. There is a ton of snow out here. It is absolutely spectacular. I love it. It is just, I mean, my God. Uh, at one point, because yesterday at this show, uh, on this show, uh, you know, it, it hadn't started at all. It was nothing. And then by the end of the show, people who are west of where I am are like, uh-oh, it just started. It's real blowy and snowy. And, uh, yeah, it uh, it started to fall, and the wind, the, the snow was blowing sideways. So strong wind, 19 degrees. The windshield put it below zero. It was ridiculous. 
ridiculous. Oh my God. And it just kept piling up. You, you, you uh, go down the driveway and then your tracks are covered quickly. The dogs, it freaking is high. It's up to Bruce's face. And he's like, you have got to be kidding me. He's like, well, you have got to uh, get out of here and shovel this shit, dickhead, so that I can make my way through here. I'm not a tall dog. Uh, but man, just a absolute blast of, uh, of snow fallen upon this area. And so that's, uh, that's part of the project today. Uh, Queen of the Forest, she's like, all right, get your ass out there. You got to plow. Yeah, thank God that I have that damn uh, snow, snow blower. I mean, seriously, I cannot imagine doing this my of course it's really light snow okay that's kind of what we're faced with here uh it's weird because like adam who's further north you would expect more snow but he uh he's only got like four uh this whoever this is says it's only six inches eric your unit of measure is off i i see what you're saying there I see what you're doing there. No, it's definitely one foot of snow in my in my driveway. Okay, don't tell me what I'm seeing in my own driveway. So that's part of uh, today's adventure. Get done with this nonsense. Do my work. Do that. Finish the insane asylum. Got Ben and Eric tonight. The Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. Yes. If you are on Patreon and you, I don't, have you on my list of people to join us for the live audience because this is a show where like this it's live but i can see you you can see me i interact with you you interact with me it's part of the beauty of patreon i would say i mean i love the patreon bonus podcast every single day but uh the the special nature of having all of you there is spectacular so if you are on patreon just send me an email and i will include you in the festivities it's so much fun don't be shy about that either if you're like, I don't think I'm on that list because your kiss, your kiss is on my list. Uh, I just played that song on Big 101.3 by Holland Oates. And I'm like, what a stupid song. So anyway, send me an email and you'll be on my list. Happy podcastversary. Happy podcastversary. Happy podcastversary. Happy podcastversary. Three years ago today, I started doing this. And now here we are, show number 734. And essentially, it's 734 times two because, you know, I do this show and then uh, do the Patreon. Now, back then, it was, it was I was really finding my way. I First of all, I didn't have the ability then to sit here, stare at a camera, and talk with no one else around me. You know, that was, I remember the feeling of anxiety when I would sit here and then, you know, the realization that no one's going to answer you, idiot. You must adapt your game to monologue style. Way different. If you're used to like shooting the shit morning show style, that is not going to cut it in this realm, dick face. And I took a page, believe it or not, from a radio guy, not a podcaster, a radio guy, Rush Limbaugh, who I mean, I didn't pay attention to his uh, what he would say because I'm not an idiot. 
But uh, some people are going to have a problem with that. Uh, tough shit. But the man just sits there and talks all damn day by himself. Rarely does he have guests. He's, he plays audio. He t- does his thing. These are, he was a legend at that. The monologue style is way different. I'm not going to sit there and pat myself on the back and say, it's so much harder. You got to be more of a professional. Nah, fuck that. Just figure that shit out and get good at it and you'll be fine. So that's, that's kind of what it was. But those early shows, oh God, they stunk so bad. And I, I think it's important to point out on three-year podcastversary that if you've been with me since those days, thank you very much for that. Because you stuck with me when the show, I mean, I, I don't want to say right now that this is some great show, but I know it's better than what it was. I know that because I I, I can just feel it. I, I know when uh, it, it seems like something that has more listenability to it. It's, it's easier to listen to. You, you learn things as you, you know, it's kind of like anything. You, you, it doesn't matter if you're delivering newspapers or uh, building a rocket. The, the more time you spend at it, the more efficient you're going to be at it. So, but, so my point is, thanks for, if you, you know, joined the show back then, uh, after getting fired from BBL and you're like, oh boy, I don't know, man, this kind of sucks dick. But uh, you stuck with it, and I appreciate that. And I hope it's continued to grow, and I hope it will continue to grow. Uh, and then there was people. There were people who were like, "Oh boy, man, it sucks shit." And then they like jump ship on me. Hopefully, you came back. Uh, and then there's all of the times that I have uh, uh, alienated people and and talk shit and piss people off. But you know, I chalk this up to. I try not to let a filter get in the way of what is on my mind. And I think, honestly, whether you love it or hate it doesn't matter. It's whether or not it's an interesting thing. If I can pull something out of you, whether that's, yeah, hell yeah, or fuck him, that's all I'm shooting for. That is what moves the meter in this industry. It's not going to be some sleepily uh, 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 can't pinpoint where somebody stands. I make no bones about it. I have an ever-changing view of the world. Currently, it is what it is. If you hear me say something, that's where my brain is at that time. Could it change? Absolutely. And that's what makes me so much better than all of you. Okay, I'm not kidding. You thought I was going to say I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm just kidding. Seriously, I can't even get behind that. So, uh, and I I remember as uh, I sat in here, man, I had this little teeny tiny computer. It wasn't even a, a laptop. It was like one of those notebooks with like the same computing power of like a calculator. And I had a... Uh, my audio recording program on there. It's called Adobe. It wasn't even that on that version. It wasn't even known as Adobe. It was cool edit pro. And, uh, this thing, this computer was so bad as I started to do the show that it would get hung up and it wouldn't, there was like, there were moments if you were listening back to the audio version of it, where it would just, 
there would be swaths of time you wouldn't you wouldn't hear it just wouldn't record it and then we just smash the two bits together so this you get the it was making its own edits is what it was doing so it took a little time before uh, I figured out I go I, I can't I, I I can't use this thing I gotta upgrade right away so you know I, I slowly but surely pieced it all together and uh essentially though it's the same we haven't really well, I can't say that. We, we've made a few upgrades. A mic here. Uh, and then you all building the studio for me. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, I think everybody who built the studio for me is still on board with the exception of Tom from Gun Lake, who we had a big falling out. And I still stand by that. I still stand by that falling out because, you know, I get in fights with people that are close to me all the time. I turn on them. And... The way this one happened was, so he was here nicely uh, helping me put the studio together. Him and Joe Morin and Doug Lemon put the wall up here. It was awesome. I was very, very appreciative of it. And then as time passed, I uh, Ben reached out to me, my old radio partner, and said, hey, I want to I fix what was broken. I'm sorry I published my Unabomber manifesto uh, saying that you were a bully. And uh, he he said, you weren't. I go, well, thank you. Thank you for that. That hurt me that you did that. But we'll just let bygones be bygones. And then that's that. So I decide, uh, decided to have Ben in here and do the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. And we did the first episode or whatever it was. Just uh, Ben kind of like uh, airing things out. And whatever. We figured that shit out. No big deal. Well, fucking Tom from Gun Lake or Troy, as he's known, um, decides to go on to Zaniacs United, take a picture of Ben and write Snowflake on it, which is what really got Ben pissed off in the first place years ago. And so um, I wrote to him, hey, I've mended the fence with Ben. I'd like to keep it that way. Could you maybe stop? And he proceeds to, uh, you'll never learn, will you? And I'm like, what, huh? Yeah, um, I I uh, I had an ex-wife who also uh, had mental issues, and um, they they never change, and you're never gonna learn, and uh, you're an idiot for uh, even doing this. And I was like, well, fuck you, you asshole. So that was that. Um, so he's out at that point. Later, about a month later, I go, hey, why don't we figure this out? You know, like men. And he responds with this, fuck off, no way, fuck you. And I'm like, oh, all right, fine, well, that's that. Um, I don't even know why I went down that road. Probably because he helped me build the studio and he came up. But uh, fuck him. No big deal. My point is, um, if you hadn't stuck with me, this would not be a thing. This would not be a thing. In fact, I'm going back in time to... Shortly after I started podcasting, a gentleman by the name of Ed Ryan, I've mentioned Ed before, um, the online publication Radio Inc., which I, it might even still be a physical publication. It's kind of like the inside radio trade magazine. And Ed is like the guy. He reached out to me and he... Uh, I'd written an article that says he got fired. Now he's a podcaster. And this was basically a month after I started. Now, I, I kind of wanted to highlight a couple things here. Uh, 
He asks, are you done with radio? I answered just over, just under three years ago. I'm not going to say that. I love radio. And, and I still do. I think it's in very, very deep shit right now. I really and truly believe that radio is in deep shit. It doesn't matter at this point uh, if it's uh, music driven or uh, talk shows. And I, I wouldn't have said that before. But the amount of cumulative audience that's leaving the medium is ridiculous. It is a serious problem. Uh, I indicated I'm not one of these podcasters who starts to hammer radio. Well, that didn't age well because I hammer radio all the time. Radio is awesome. I love it. The only thing now is at least for uh, the next six months, I'm really concentrating on podcasting. If a radio station needs my services, they didn't. I'm going to make doubly sure that the podcast is not touched and I can still promote it. That's the only way I would take a radio station job these days. I would use it as a bargaining chip. I'll say, let me have this and we can all work in a nice relationship. That's a lot of, there's a lot of flexibility with this. I'm committed to it. I was planning to get a job selling campers or selling cars or something like that to make ends meet. And then I was like, I can't do that. In order to be committed to this, I've got to be fully on board. And that includes selling it. And that, holy shit, that couldn't be more true. I will never forget that because I was sitting there three years ago to the day. I did the podcast and then, um, I had the uh, Patreon all uh, set up. In fact, let me back up. This next portion of the article, before I get to that part of my story, Ed says, so you're out of a job and you're thinking about selling campers. You decide I'm going to do a podcast while you're sitting at home. How did you get started? Uh, I wrote, or I said, when I got fired from free beer, I went down this road. I bought all the equipment, built a website, but I kept it dark. In fact, I was going to go live with it. And then I got the job with Cumulus. So I waited and kept everything boxed up. And it was literally like just all like, you know, in the uh, boxes that it came in. And for three years, everything stayed, well, two years, nine months, nothing was touched. Um, a couple of times in the two years, nine months, I was on BBL. I got in trouble and I thought, okay, this is the big one. <laughs> then it finally happened January 4th. I did a Facebook live video to announce it. I called the guys who run my site and my merchandise, told them to make the website live and please make it so people can buy the t-shirts it was that simple one phone call on a Friday. I had already had the Patreon site built and I had already subscribed uh, to Audio Boom as my podcast platform at the time. It was as simple as setting up the microphones, rolling a file on Adobe, putting it on Facebook, and on Sunday we were in business. I published that night so people would have it on Monday morning. I pushed it out to all the usual podcast apps and we were happening. I say we, it's just me. I had interest from a local advertiser by Thursday of that week. That was Don Veltman. And sold Donna package. Uh, they got the studio naming rights. My audience members are super passionate. I am very close with them. And a lot of these people have my personal cell phone number. We're all friends. Uh, they rallied around me. Right now I have a crew finishing the drywall in my studio. And then I have a paint crew coming in. Someone donated the flooring. It's all being built in the dormer above my garage. I don't have to pay for any of it. It's like a grassroots vibe that has taken over. Uh, Ed asks, so these are former radio listeners that followed you over to the podcast. I said, yes, they call themselves the Zaniacs. There's a fan page, Zaniacs United, and they buy all the shirts. They subscribe. They're awesome. It's extremely powerful. What is your content? This is what I said back then. That's a great question because I occasionally swear <laughs> and let it fly. It just depends on the moment. 
which is different than being on the radio. However, I have to be careful with that because the Zaniacs expect a certain thing. I'm figuring out that there is a time and place for it without it being too ridiculous. I think I can hold my own in any conversation or a comedy bit or a rant without doing that. That's about the only difference. I typically talk about a lot of family things and nonsense that happens in a busy household and my interactions with people. I pay close attention to that. How can I make that funny? A lot of the times it's just me with a mic on Facebook live doing it. And I'm very comfortable doing that. I wasn't. It's not a problem. It was talking about pop culture, whatever's going on in the world. All right. So I'll never forget sitting here doing it. had no idea where it was going to go. I had a number of people that signed up on Patreon and made me realize, hey, you know, at the time you're like, oh, I'm going to be rich beyond my wildest dreams, but it doesn't work like that. Okay. Um, it did, at least it didn't for me. Some people are able to continuously massively build that Patreon audience. Didn't go the way I wanted it to, but it has been a steady source of income. It's helped dramatically. Uh, in fact, it would, I, all of this has to work together. Uh, it has to be pulled off in order for this to be successful. So uh, then by the time Big Dick Donnie came uh, around and then Rick from TC Paintball right after, I was like, oh man, I, I'm going to sell this thing. And uh, I had bought myself two months of income with the Patreon. There was enough that came in that I could, I said, I've got two months to do this. Uh, I, I applied for unemployment and then I, they offered it to me. And then I realized it's a pain in the ass and I turned it down. Um, I didn't want anything to do with it. And then that was it. Just nothing has changed. Uh, it has essentially been the same thing. The core group of people I'm so unbelievably thankful for you you have done this for me and i i i honestly i love this so much um and i i just smile when people say ha look at him he's he's and he's like Anne frank above his garage in the attic and uh, yeah yeah i know but it seems to work it beats working and i'm uh it is a lot more work than what i was used to but uh, I've adapted, and it fucking, man, it makes me so happy knowing that I can sit here and just uh, do what I do, and, um, you know, we can do this. I'm very, very happy about it. Okay, I could go on all day about that, really, um, but there is, there's plenty of things on our three-year podcast anniversary that I would like to do, uh, and also I can't go another second without announcing it is the one-year anniversary of the world's biggest asshole convention. Uh, so, uh, there's that. I haven't yet forgot about that. And I have a guest coming up in eight minutes. In fact, you got to bear with me because, um, as usual, I stink at doing what I'm supposed to do for this show, but I'm pretty sure I'm all set with my guest. Uh, and we're going to bring him in in um, uh, about eight minutes. About eight, about eight minutes, I will uh, be bringing our guest into the show. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, that my guest can hear me right now. Andrew, if, yeah, Andrew, give me a thumbs up if you can actually hear me talking right now. You see, that's perfect. Okay, and you're like, who is Andrew Collins? Well, let me give you a little bit of background before we bring Andrew in here. We've got some time um, who Andrew is. Uh, 
give me a second here. You know I stink at this. Okay, now that's my article from uh, from Ed. <laughs> okay. You might recognize this video right here. This is um, video from FedEx Field in Washington. Jalen Hurts is uh, the quarterback of the Eagles. And, and I, I just love this guy. And Philly fan loves this guy too. I tell you what, they are, they're just embracing this guy. That team is coming around. So that is all good in the hood for those folks. But uh, so Philly fan travels to uh, D.C. to see the Eagles take on the Washington football team. Big performance by the Eagles. And uh, the fans pile up over here on the fencing. <laughs> A little loud, sorry. It's Jalen Hurts. Okay, now, you see, I just paused it. Jalen Hurts can't believe it. See this guy in the hat here with the green bill? That's my guest in just a handful of minutes. The guy, one of the dudes who fell out of the stands. His name is Andrew Collins. Oh, down goes Andrew. He's got like a napkin. I guess he's just eating chicken wings or something. He gets up. Jalen Hurts is helping this guy whose brain is mush now because they hit his head. Andrew's like, Andrew's got this Looney Tunes Eagles gear. Look, you see Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, uh, Foghorn Leghorn. And then, and then Jalen Hurts hugs Andrew. As you know, this was like my favorite video of like the last week. Well, uh, it just so happens that I got tipped off um, that one of our great audience members, Linda, is uh, her son, Josh, is pals with this dude who fell out, <laughs> who fell out of the stands. So um, I, I was able to get a hold of him last night. I was actually uh, doing the hockey game, and I was able to get a hold of dude. And uh, he's agreed to join me on the show. So I'm going to bring him in in just a minute. And I cannot wait to talk to this guy uh, about all of the things that unfolded <laughs> when he fell out of the stands uh, during that during that game. So uh, we'll get to that uh, coming up in just a bit. All right. Give me a second here because I'm always worried that I'm going to screw something up. Okay. So before I bring uh, Andrew in, uh, as a reminder... This show is available on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live or twitch.com slash Eric Zane Live. Thank you so much if you're already there. Uh, that is brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eric Zane Fan Page, also brought to you by Irvine's. Twitter, uh, at Eric Zane Show on Twitter, brought to you by Blue Frost IT. And then, of course, YouTube, Eric Zane Show on YouTube, brought to you by MyPolicyShop.com. Frank Fuss, licensed independent insurance agent. Thank you so much, Frank, for being here with me. All right. That uh, part of this open. There you go. Frank Fuss, if you need insurance, I suggest, first of all, you get an insurance checkup. A lot of you probably already have insurance at some point in time. If you're walking around in the world and you don't have any type of insurance, you're probably homeless. But uh, for God's sake, you need an insurance checkup because what happens here is when you reach out to Frank at 616-914-4070 and you get an insurance checkup, he is then out searching for lower rates and better policies for you. 
this might involve you changing your policy. For a lot of people, that's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I don't want to rock the boat. Would you just shut up and let him do his thing? Okay? He's going to get you a better policy for less money. And if he can't, he's going to say, you've already got it great. So it's not going to hurt to have him do a checkup for you. That's what licensed independent insurance agents do for a living. Okay, they, they're, they're insurance nerds. They hunt out policies. Frank does that at his company, mypolicyshop.com. All I'm asking you to do, no matter where you are in the U.S., is call or text 616-914-4070. Write that down, 616-914-4070. Say, Frank, Eric Zane sent me. Help! And then he's going to take care of the rest. You cannot go wrong. This is a free service. It costs you no money. Take the time and reach out to Frank. Blue Frost IT for managed or uh, project work for IT. Uh, Blue Frost IT, the managed IT service provider of this show, 616-285-50. So if you've got a smaller, medium-sized business, you've got tech issues, all terrible, you're going to want to reach out to these folks. They can help you with spot fixing, project work. If you're upgrading, moving your office, new uh, uh, drops into the walls, things like that. They do all of that stuff, okay? Uh, Don't just assume you know what to buy when it comes to the tech for your business. You don't. You'll either buy too little, buy too much, buy the wrong thing, and then you're like, oh, God. Time is money, man. Do it this way, 616-285-50. And last but not least for this uh, uh, sponsor segment, um, there is gun school for concealed pistol training coming up on the 15th. So just over a week away, that is a Saturday. Holland Township, Michigan is where it all happens. Uh, Prince Arming. Click on the um, uh, logo at ericsainshow.com. It'll take you right to the uh, sign-up page. You can sign up online, Prince Arming. And then uh, the class is 125 bucks. Call or text Steve Prince at 616 616- Two zero four one seven zero five. Okay. So, travels to the Philadelphia Eagles game, FedEx Field. I'm going to ask you to unmute there, Andrew. I appreciate that. And uh, he joins us uh, from. I'm I'm guessing the uh, city of brotherly love. Uh, welcome in. Hold on. Not yet. Not yet. I'm screwing this up already. Okay. I think I'm good. Andrew, how are you? Yeah. Hey, what's up, Eric? I'm good. How are you, brother? Very well. Very well. I, uh, I watched you, um, and it was absolutely unbelievable when you fell out of the stadium right on to Jalen Hurts. Please. Uh, start from the beginning. Can you describe it? Probably what you've told many, many people. Well, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Uh, so me and a group of nine other people traveled down to uh, it's, so the, all right, let me call them the football team. The football team plays in, it's actually Landover, Maryland. They're not actually in Washington, D.C. for the people that don't know that, believe it or not, people that don't know it. So we traveled down there, a group of nine of us. Um, we bought tickets 15 rows up from the end zone. So we waited until the game was over. Uh, right at the end of the game, uh, Eagles strong safety, Roddy McLeod, cornerback safety, whatever you want to call him. He made the interception, iced the game. We went down. I asked the usher at the first row. I said, hey, do you mind if me and my buddies can go over there in that section right there and just try to give our guys some high fives, 
fire the team up. You know, maybe they'll fire us up. And the guy was like, yeah, no problem, brother. Knock yourself out. And I was like, sweet, let's do it. So we all walked over. We were all giving everybody high fives. Everybody was going nuts. The team was loving it. The fans were loving it. Next thing I know, Jalen Hurts starts walking down the tunnel. And it felt like it felt like I was at like the front row of an insane clown posse concert. <laughs> Like everybody was just like, boom, like on my back like that. And all that inertia and all that energy just snapped that guardrail. And then I became a part of FedEx field. <laughs> okay. Now I've, I've watched that probably 100 times. It is one of the, the favorite things I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Um, and I say that because I don't think anybody was hurt. I saw that the guy next to you who was closer to Jalen banged his noggin because he was covering up and I knew he probably has a concussion, but, uh, uh, I mean, you know, that was, I sitting there and watching every single person you had the guy in the helmet who he, he went down to, who was he, was he, was he, uh, did, I mean, how many, you, you, you don't know who these people were. I don't even know who helmet boy was, but dude, you want to talk about like the perfect comedic timing. Like you wear a helmet to a football game and you end up on the field. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know how he, like, it's just, it's perfect. I can't believe that dude did that. Like it's, it's just the funniest. I don't know. I think it's funny. It was. I have no idea who he is though. Yeah. His head hit the ground. Cause I watched, I see, okay, now who could be hurt here? I'm like watching him like, no, that guy's okay. And, um, oops, you, uh, you did not hit your head. I don't think. Right. No, I, I hit my head, but you just, I, I, I don't know if you can really tell in the video. Uh, okay. So my buddy, Mike, he is the one in the green Jalen hurts Jersey that uh, fell. Okay. And if you can see in the video, like he kind of like half of his body kind of like fell into mine and Mike's a bigger dude. Right. So, yeah. So a lot of his energy like was into me and that's what really like slammed me into the ground. Um, Jalen Hurts immediately started helping everybody up. Uh, can, what, what was he saying in that moment? Was he just kind of like, uh, uh, you know, reacting to everything? Yeah. So uh, the coolest dude ever. Um after all that happened, everybody's on the ground getting up. And I mean, immediately you can see him reach for the one guy who fell. And the only thing that he kept saying to everybody was, are you okay? Uh, I jumped up right away. And I think I'm, I, I haven't really like paid too much attention to the video. Honestly, I have, I've only watched it a few times because I've been so busy with <laughs> talking to people and stuff, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty crazy, man. Um, I didn't pull out my phone. I had it in my back pocket. The only thing I was worried about was Jalen Hurts' knee, his ankle, and his ACL, because I had thought we fell onto him originally. So I was concerned that, you know, I'm like, dude, like, as, as soon as I hit the ground, I thought that we landed on him, and I'm like, man, oh, if yeah. I just blew out my quarterback's knee, I'm going to get my head shot off on the way back to Philly. So I got up and immediately went to him, and I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? And he looked right at me, and he was like, don't worry about me. Are you okay? Okay. Thank God. I mean, yeah, you were, you're absolutely right. Just one split second longer of him closer to you. You guys, you remember what they did to Steve Bartman for the Chicago Cubs back oh in the day? They, I, You know what's funny is I talked about that with my dad because my dad actually brought it up with me. He's like, could you imagine if he was like two feet to the left and you fell on him and like blew his ankle out or something? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be able to show my face anywhere in Philly. Wow. Wow. Um. So... Okay, then you're laying there, and uh, it's it's it works out. Uh, no big deal. I've seen a few people that uh, aren't you talk about how they're like uh, upset that uh, uh, FedEx Field, the personnel um, didn't check on them. Can you can you add to that in any way? What uh, what happened on your end? So yeah, we 
instantly got ushered off the field by the staff there. Um, they're, I, I guess I, I read a story apparently, and they're, they're claiming that medical staff, <clears throat> excuse me, medical staff was there within five minutes, but 30 seconds after we fell, they were, they told us to get the F off the field and they were not offering us anything. They were literally like the one guy, the one security guard, you can see him in the video, like grabs my arm and like tries to like throw me back up where I came down from. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, can you give me five seconds? Like that kind of hurt. I'm just, I'm, I just wanted to get back up honestly at that point, but it's, it would have been cool if they offered us like something, like even if they ushered us away to like get out of there safely, because they made us get back up the same way we fell. Oh, so you almost and, had to like clamor up there, right? Right. And there was like literal, like shards of like the steel sticking up still from where the gate snapped. And they're like making us go up that way. So they're like trying to rush us up. And I'm like, dude, like, can you just give me five seconds to figure out how to get up here without slicing my hand open? Right, right. So yeah, they didn't, yeah, they didn't offer us anything. Uh, what has it been like? I mean, uh, I, I, through a friend of a friend, I have you on my show. Uh, it turns out that a dear friend of ours, Linda, her son, Josh knows you. How do you, how do you know Josh? So I actually know Josh because Josh sells vintage clothing. He's got his own little business doing that, like selling the vintage shirts and stuff. Shout out uh, Josh. He's the man, Josh Hall shop with him. Knows his stuff. Linda's a nice lady, very nice people. <laughs> so yeah, I actually know Josh through uh I actually had bought stuff off of him, Eagles gear, believe it or not. Okay. And he reached out to me and I was like, dude, yeah, let's do it. Did he, did he like, uh, did he recognize you from the video? Is that, is that, he said, oh my God, I think I know that guy. Yeah, he actually, it's funny. As soon as it got over, we, uh, we left the stadium and I got uh, to our car and we were getting ready to leave. And I didn't really have service there in the parking lot because there's so many people. Yeah. We got, we got like two miles outside of the stadium and I think I had 6,000 notifications on my phone. Like it, it was insane. And Josh was one of them. And he was like, dude, please tell me that wasn't you. And then he was like, wait a second, please tell me that was you. I have an idea. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Did you see how there's multiple angles? I don't know if you saw that there's two angles. Yeah, they caught me in 4K, man. They got me like as clear as day, slamming my. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know what though? It's uh, it's not the worst thing in the world. No, I dude, you're yeah. okay. Uh, I I hope no one is uh badly hurt. I I doubt it. I I I fully expect somebody to sue somebody. But what the hell? That's the American way, you know. I mean, <laughs> that's probably the case. But um, yeah. I uh, so. With, with that connection, but uh, other people had hunted you down too, and you've been able to make other appearances, correct? Yeah, I, I've, I've done stuff. Oh, my God. I've interviewed with so many people at this point. I guess you know how you know how it is, I'm sure. Once one person gets your phone number, uh, somehow your phone number ends up in the hands of 600 other people, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just well, passed along. Um, so is this a, is this a regular thing where you travel for road games? Are you that big of a fan or just to the ones that are in the area? No. So I'm a season ticket holder. Um, I, I go to every home game, uh, and I, I try to do as many away games as I can. Uh, I'm a project manager at a construction company, so it's a little tough sometimes, but, uh, yeah, I mean, normally every year I try to do one West coast trip or at least, you know, Chicago or something like in that area, if I can out your way. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I went to the Super Bowl with my dad a couple of years ago when the Eagles went in Minnesota. That was awesome. Um, I try to do all the stuff like that, all the all the, all the like big events and stuff. But it, it's you know, it, it all depends on if I can get off of work or not and stuff. So I'm so jealous because you know, uh, the, the the being a Lions fan, obviously, you know, I mean, we're the uh, 
We're the, we're the, we're, I think we're the new Cubs. My God, don't say that. Well, I mean, in terms of uh, struggle, and I'm not, I haven't lost uh, faith. I, I, I love that team very, very much. And I still think. How do you feel about golf? Do you like golf? Um, I think golf for what they're trying to do is serviceable, which is all we're trying to do at this point. Yeah, we're not re we're not reinventing the wheel here. You know, we're trying to uh, build a franchise. Now, if we get lightning in a bottle, he's still a relatively young man. You never yeah. know. And he had a brilliant game against the, uh, uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, mm -hmm. so who knows? I mean, the, the guy's gotten his ass kicked, but there's a lot of, uh, upside that I like. They will only have $6 million hit on the cap next year. And, uh, so that's fantastic. So, uh, there's a, a lot of positivity there, despite only winning two football games. I really like the coach. And uh, to me, I love the fans. I, I think those fans who go to Lions games like you attend Eagles games, because I don't go to Lions games, but I just want them to, to be able to have something to cheer about, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, man. Your coach is great. I've never seen someone so passionate before. I mean, when, when he was crying over the fact that he was trying to win games when they were what? Was it like 0-7 or something? Yeah, yeah. That interview and he was crying. Yeah. That, that gave me chills. Like, that's so cool. Like, he obviously cares that much, and it just wasn't working out. And again – Back to what you said, I, I I like golf. You know, I think people forget just a couple of years ago, he took the Rams to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Obviously, the Rams were a good, you know, they were a good team. Doesn't take away from it. But still, as a quarterback, the hardest thing to do is take your team to and win a Super Bowl. So right. he, took them, he, he took them there. And people, you know, I don't think they give him enough credit for that. So it's just, I think he's a good quarterback. And like you said, it's you can catch lightning in a bottle. Right. That's something there. Uh, when when you're a Lions fan, you 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 look for little glimmers of hope and things like that, <laughs> and things that things that the average fans of other teams aren't aware of. But they've got this terrific re uh, receiver out of USC, this Amon St. Brown. He's a uh, turning. Yeah. He's really starting to develop. Uh, Panay Sewell is going to be this long term fix at tackle, and so you know whatever. I I uh, I, I always expect the worst, but hope for the best. Of course. Listen, you, you forget you're talking to a Philly fan. Correct. So I, I was born and raised into misery. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to this. You got to remember my dad's 60, right? My dad's 60 years old. And when the Flyers won the Stanley Cup, he was, what was that, 40? He was like 14. Right. So, you know, and I'm a huge Flyers fan too. Same with the Sixers, you know, same with the Phillies. But yeah, it's I'm, I'm used to this whole losing crap. Oh, you know? yeah. It comes natural at this point. Yeah, I know, but still, you it, you're still better than Detroit. Well, maybe not in hockey, but uh, in terms no. of what, but uh, but whatever, you know. Um, okay, what else did I have for you? Um, okay, I covered all of the interviews you've been doing. I covered what you do, how big of a fan you are, all of this. Uh, is it? You think it's going to start to wane now? I mean, we got another week of games coming up. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm a. I know the Eagles were playing Dallas this week. Um, this game for us doesn't really mean much. Uh, I mean, we're in the playoffs at this point. We clinched last week, so of course, Eagles Dallas is always a rivalry. But I saw that they came out and said that I think there's like 12 players on the the COVID list. Right. Um, they're probably not going to start Hurts. I would assume they're not going to start Hurts. I hope they don't. Uh, I think the worst thing you can do at this point is chase an opponent. So I think they just need to let it ride and whatever happens, happens. So hopefully it all just starts yeah. to away a little bit. Excellent. Yeah. Hey, Andrew, I appreciate you, man. Good luck with your real team. Quick, if you, if, I, I just want to real quick too. This is, if you've seen the video, that's the glove Jalen Hurts gave me in the video. Oh, oh, 
Is that's that what, is that what you were hanging on to? So you know what's funny is I heard you say it before I came on. It said it, you said it looked like I had uh, napkins in my hand, and they were actually other gloves. There's a wide receiver for the Eagles, Greg Ward. He actually threw his gloves up to me before <laughs> I fell down. So I already had gloves in my hand. That's what, that's what these are in my hand right here. Yes. Okay. And then when I got up, Jalen Hurts, he handed me his glove. And I mean, look, you can see, look, that's blood, man. That's blood right there. <laughs> that is, funny, that is right? awesome. I didn't know that he had given you a glove. Yeah. If you watch the video right at the end there, actually, right, right after we fell and everything, all I was doing was asking him if he was okay. And he, again, he looked at me and he was like, don't worry about me. Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, dude. I'm like, I love you. Like you played a great game. And he took off his glove and he was like this for you, my boy. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? You know, like, you know what else is great about you? I like that you're young and not an idiot. You seem wise. What are you? 25? 26. Holy shit. You're awesome. Then the audience loves your energy too. Uh, thanks, they, they really I, think you're fantastic. Thanks, man. I pre- And thank you for having me on. This has been great. I love this stuff, man. This is awesome. Okay, I might have to have you back to talk football because you got you got a great head on your shoulders and it sounds like you know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> listen, don't listen. Fake it till you make it, but I'll be back definitely. Okay. Hey, Andrew, thank you, okay? Thank you, Eric. I appreciate All it. All right, peace. There you go. Yeah, one, go birds. Yeah, there you go. Hey, I'll tell you what, I'll be rooting for them. Thank you. There you go, Andrew. I appreciate you so much. That is awesome. He is an absolute star and a stud. Holy shit. Thank you. You know, how that came together is spectacular. I I can't say enough about this. Um, I heard, uh, I got a a text message from Linda. She goes, "I, I, I can get you in contact with this guy. And she sends me a screenshot with Andrew wearing his Looney Tunes Eagles gear. And, uh, and, uh, I'm like, oh, oh, you can. I'm like, how, how in the world? And I didn't even know the history. I didn't even know that Josh Hall, uh, is, is, is doing that. And then she's, uh, you know, the next thing I know, I'm, I'm actually at the scorer's table for the Grand Rapids Griffins hockey game yesterday. And she goes, Hey, I sent you his number. Did, did you reach out? And I was like, uh, no, um, not at all. And then I, uh, while I was doing the game, in fact, there was a fight in front of me between two players and I'm texting him saying, Hey, I'm introducing myself. Will you come on the show? Will you do this? And, uh, then we, I, I secured the interview right there. So I'm just so happy that that worked out. Nice, nice dude. Very cool of him to take the time to, uh, uh, join us on the show. All right. So glad that that worked out. Holy crap. Unbelievable. Man. So much has happened to that dude in that time. All right, there you go. Thank you to Andrew Collins. Thank you to uh, Linda Hall uh, for doing that. And Linda, um, you you posted uh, something about your son's business. Uh, s- selling stuff, memorabilia. Would you email me that? I would love to post that for people who are, uh, are buying gear or something like that. I didn't know. I didn't know that Josh, isn't Josh like 20 years old? Hold on a second here. Let me bring you in here. Uh, Radio voice, Linda, Candy Crush, Linda, Alabama, Linda. Uh, So, you know, she loves Jalen Hurts. Good morning. 
Oh my God! You know you are you get the star on the forehead for that. I know. I think that was pretty cool. That was a great interview. I'm so glad that kid was cool. That yeah, was he's amazing. oh he's sweet. I love that guy. Yeah, he uh, he knows his stuff, and you know he has a great story to tell. I'm so glad that worked out for the interview. What does Josh do? What is going on with your son? He has been running a vintage um, clothing business through Instagram for about two years now. And he just buys and sells. He goes to like Goodwill. He searches online. He's on Facebook. So vintage like rock concert t-shirts, 70s, 80s, 90s. He makes probably the best money from 90s concerts like Pearl Jam, Nine Inch Nails. Um, Nirvana is a big one. He bought one Nirvana shirt. For about ten to fifteen dollars, and he sold it for eleven hundred dollars. Isn't he like nine years old? <laughs> I wish he was still nine years old. He is twenty, uh, so yeah, he's uh, he's done really well for himself. Oh my god! How yeah, uh, how does someone get their name out? Because that's that's well, tricky. He's built it pretty much all on Instagram. And then he also, there's a company or a website called Depop where a lot of people list clothing for sale. Um, But when Instagram went down a few weeks, well, it's probably two or three months ago. Remember when there was that big Instagram outage? He actually quickly created a Twitter handle, went on Twitter and a, a reporter from a CBS station in Chicago was looking for someone to talk about who had a small business that they were running through Instagram. And he reached out to that guy and he was on the Chicago evening news, the local news. Oh my his business. Oh my God. He is so entrepreneurial. Like he, he sees an opportunity and yeah. he goes after it. I mean, even this, you know, he was just like, mom, I know that guy. And I'm like, I bet Eric would want to talk to him. And I bet we could get a plug in for your business when he does. Oh my God. So. Yes, yeah. that's this. He's doing it. This is yes. th- this is so incredible. Yeah, he's a pretty amazing kid. Except you know for the thing that he has in common with Jim, but you know. <laughs> you can't say that. You can't say that about your grandchild. You ding dong. <laughs> sure, the timing wasn't what you predicted, but that no. hey. You dumbass. Yeah, What's wrong out. with you? He's going to college. He's running a business. He's on a full tuition scholarship. He's yeah. doing a lot of things right. So, um, Well, how can I uh, find this online? What do I do? He, go to Instagram, and his handle is straight up thrift. All one word. I posted the link in the chat, um, and I, I'll email it to you, too, so you can find him. But, yeah, if anybody's on Instagram, you know, the followers always help, even if you don't buy anything. So straight up thrift on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I see it. OK. All right. And uh, Jalen Hurts went to Alabama, right? He did. And I love him so much. And I'm so, so happy he was kind to those guys and immediately helped them up. You know, Ben Raplesberger would have probably stepped on him and just walked. Into oh, no. Roethlisberger would have had sex with him right there. <laughs> That's what my sister said. He's like, she would have raped them. And then went into the locker yeah. room. She's here with me. I so see her. So excited. Oh, my God. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, Kent, Kent at. Um, Johnson's Discount Outlet says your son has a weak pullout game. Oh, no. Yes, 
Jeez. What a thing to say. the truth, but I don't want to think about Yeah, we don't like thinking about our kids having sex, Kent. Yeah, Kent. What is what is wrong with you? No, 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 you're not. He deserves that. All right. Oh, my God. No, we're not in Owasso. Red Wizards ate my baby. We're in East Lansing. My sister's from Owasso. Correct. Okay. All right. Well, you guys are uh, fantastic. I appreciate you. All right. Well, thanks. Glad it worked out. Yes, ma'am. Talk to you. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Sticks swim champ. His sofa pulls out. He doesn't. First time chat. Thanks, Sticks. First time chat from Auk, Michigander. I'm from Lansing. Thank you. Boomer Bob, who knows the uh, uh, John Jismingo, of course, from the Boomer Bunker, is a Philly fan like you wouldn't believe. Uh, if you want, reach out to me and I will see if, uh, uh, I mean, if you want to get freaking um, Andrew on, who fell out of the stands. Well, that worked out great. All right. Uh, let's see. Where is my brain right now? I don't know. Oh, uh, reminder, there is another podcast I want you to check out that is so much better than mine. Well, no, I take it back. It's different than mine. You see my podcast telling people to F off, acting like an idiot most of the time. You you know what you're getting with the Eric Sancho podcast. Um, Threads podcast also humorous but this is not set up to be a uh uh, the the type of podcast that i am where i'm uh, you know well you know what you get with me with the threads podcast what you have here is real life people sharing real life experiences and stories that and how to deal with them i listened to an episode the other day about uh the top ways to uh beat anxiety and depression and you know, that doesn't sound like laughy, happy content, but it really was. It made me feel great. And I am so proud of uh, Jason over at Threads Podcast and what he's put together because when he put together the Threads Podcast, he didn't have a Zaniac crew helping him right away. And I give anybody all the credit in the world when they start a podcast literally from scratch. Mine wasn't from scratch because I had you, thank God. Okay, it's a little a little different. When you start a podcast from stra- uh, scratch and then stick with it for years, Stu McAllister, Threads, hopefully Just Chirpin', that's real gumption. Stick-to-itiveness like you wouldn't believe because they're not getting uh, making money off a podcast. They're not making a t- uh, anything. They're just doing it because they love it. And I want you to give these folks the time of day. Okay, Threads Podcast Life Unfiltered. Uh, you can get it wherever you downloads, uh, wherever you download podcast downloads. Uh, ThreadsPodcast.com. There you go. I think I'm getting that right. Well, I'm looking at it, but they just sent me an updated link. Unless they've changed it. Sorry, this is a new thing that just started again. Uh, but check out Threads Podcast, subscribe to it, listen, and enjoy it. They post about once a week. Thank you so much to them. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to get to Let's Kill with Kyle coming up in a second. 
<clears throat> from dumpster divers. I uh, want to read a statement from football player Antonio Brown. He's firing back. He wrote this. This is the guy who took off his clothes, ran across the field, and everybody's like, well, he's crazy. He's, he's nuts. Uh, he just lost his mind. And uh, I could understand why you'd say that. Uh, I was more of the, well, maybe he did, but I don't want to say anything yet. Uh, who knows? Maybe he's having some type of weirdo episode. I don't know. It, it's, it's crazy to watch. That's for damn sure. But I don't know what's happening here. What is causing this? I believe him right here. I believe this. I believe every word of this. He writes, I know we were losing to the Jets, and that was frustrating for all of us, but I could not make football plays on that ankle. Yes, I walked off the field, but there's, you know, if I was him, I would have started to limp a little on that ankle. Uh, he didn't look like he was, because uh, I watched uh, a John Boy Media breakdown of it, and he didn't limp at all when he was running his routes. He looked fine. But who knows? Maybe he um, had a shot to numb it. Don't know. Do not know that. All I can tell you is that he was fired on the field, took off his shit, and here he's talking. He says, yes, I walked off the field, but there's a major difference between launching from the line and taking hits compared to jogging off the field with a rush of emotions going through your mind. I am reflecting on my reaction, but there was a trigger. The trigger was someone telling me that I am not allowed to feel pain. I acknowledge my past, um, but my past does not make me a second-class citizen. Well, yeah, I, I, it, I'm glad you acknowledge your past because you certainly have been the world's biggest asshole in the past. But though you have been the world's biggest asshole, I still believe you. I believe you right now. My past does not forfeit my right to be heard when I'm in pain. First of all, they cut me. Now they cage me, he says. Instead of asking how I felt or getting to the bottom of it, the team texted my camp promoting a totally false narrative that I randomly acted out without any explanation. They even told us in writing, don't spin this any other way. I have stress. I have things I need to work on. But the worst part of this has been the Bucks' repeated effort to portray this as a random outburst. They are telling people that first I walked off, then I was cut. No, no, no. I was cut on the sidelines, and then I went home. They threw me out like an animal, and I refused to wear their brand on my body, so I took my jersey off. Now, is he being a little dramatic? Well, of course. Of course he is. He says, as part of their ongoing cover-up, they're acting like I wasn't cut and now demanding that I see a doctor of their choice to examine my ankle. What they did not know until now is that on Monday morning, I had an urgent MRI on my ankle. It shows broken bone fragments stuck in the ankle, the ligament torn from the bone, and cartilage loss, which uh, is beyond painful. You can see the bone bulging from the outside, but that must and can be repaired. The MRI has been read by two top orthopedic surgeons in New York City, including Dr. Martin O'Malley at the hospital for special surgery, not realizing that I had already scheduled a surgery at HSS. The Bucks ordered me under penalty of discipline and with a few hours notice to show up to a more junior doctor at HSS for another opinion. What a joke. They're playing it 
like I wasn't cut, giving me a surprise attack order to show up to another doctor with no reasonable notice and setting this whole thing up as a basis to cut me because what they did on Sunday was not legitimate. Sorry, GM. I already received a confirming opinion from the top doc at the hospital you ordered me to go to. I love the Bucks fans. I really do. I love my teammates and everyone who showed me grace and believed in me. I gave the Bucks everything I had on the field. What the organization is doing now needs to be cleaned up. I do not understand how people publicly claiming to be concerned about my mental health can do these things to me in private. Once my surgery is complete, I'll be back to 100% and looking forward to next season. Business gonna be booming. Signed, A.B. All right, so where do you lie? I uh, I am Team Antonio Brown, and those are words I never thought I would say. Team A.B. all day. Fuck those guys. Wow, that is huge. If that happens... You can you should be able to sue, right? There is a that's a legitimate lawsuit right there. My god. I saw that fuckhead McAfee saying, "Oh no, no. They they never do that. You're the punter. Shut up, punter." Come on, man. All right. So there you go. That has uh that developed yesterday. Folks, I'm on Cameo. Hire me on Cameo. In fact, I did a Cameo for Josh Hall, Linda's uh, uh, entrepreneur. uh, (laughs) I can't say it. Entrepreneurial. Could that be a harder word to say? He's like the next Elon Musk or uh, no, probably not that. Uh, Mark Cuban. I don't know. Uh, Cameo.com slash Eric Zane. You can buy your vintage clothing and he can make 1,000% profit or you can spend $15 on a Cameo. Do both. Cameo.com slash Eric Zane. Thank you so much. If you've done this in the past, I would love you if you'd sign up for a Cameo. Uh, I do the best Cameos and I'll do them live on the show. The Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Uh, no matter where you are in the U.S., call upon him to get a mortgage. Uh, the only place it won't work is Maine, South Carolina, Alaska, and Hawaii. Other than that, call Mario. Call him and very quickly say, Eric Zane sent me. You're going to get the red carpet treatment. 231-332-6505 for the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. They are the bank. They will get you financed. If you have a great credit score, this is no big deal. If you have a shitty credit score, and some of you do, this will take some navigating, but Mario and his staff are up to the challenge. Reach out to Mario, 231-332-6505. Before I bring in Kyle for Let's Kill. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I want to mention A&E Heating and Cooling, 616-516-8579 for A&E Heating and Cooling. I would hate it if your furnace breaks down now and you're in a cold weather state. My God, you should have gotten that thing checked ahead of time. I'm not kidding you. If you get it serviced with a tune-up before the heating season starts, uh, you're going to be running a top efficiency, first of all, so saving as much money as you possibly can. After a year of use, it doesn't run as good. Uh, so you got to get it cleaned and tuned. You can still get that done. $79 is all it takes. If uh, you're just not good at uh, doing that and it breaks down, okay, uh, you need to call or text him 616-516-8579 for an after-hours service call. You need a new one installed. He's going to put in the Cadillac of furnaces, the comfort maker brand of furnaces and air conditioners. That's what he utilizes. 616-516-8579. Okay, I got to take my time, make sure I'm doing this right. There he is. Young man, how are you? Good. Can you hear me? I can. I can. You look, you're in a different spot. Yeah, I'm at I'm at my house today because me and Emilio said, we looked at the weather and said, you know what? Fuck it, dude. Uh, did, was there any dumpster diver work done yesterday? Yeah, yeah. We did We did uh, quite a, not a lot, lot, but a pretty good amount yesterday. And then, uh, yeah, it started getting pretty bad. And we said, uh, that was part one of fuck it yesterday. So you actually were driving in those road conditions, delivering or picking up dumpsters from people? Oh, yeah. It was funny, too, because I was I was the one driving and Emilio, he was in the passenger seat and uh, he was being nice and chill. But then at one point, his sister called him. And he's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I might actually not make it out of this one alive. I'm pretty sure Kyle's trying to kill me. So, um, yeah, that's why we had to call it quits because I, I was out there. No fear. You know what I mean? Just having a good time. Yeah, you just got to take it slow. And, uh, you know, just tell Emilio, not Black Emilio, to uh, to relax. And, by the way, that 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 nickname has stuck, hasn't it? Not, not- it, really, it really has. I mean, it, it sounds like uh, like if, if this was like a, some sort of famous TV show that, like, if somebody watched for the first time, they'd, be, they'd realize that not Black Emilio is a recurring character. <laughs> so um, do you does does anybody ever say it while you're in front of him to him or is it just you or is it has it not yet become as widespread as it needs to be yeah see so it's mostly just it's mostly just me and him at like at when we're doing the work and stuff i call him blowsy he calls me blowsy um and so that's pretty much the extent of where our names go yeah um but I mean, not Black Emilio is just a solid nickname. I, I just can't call it to him because I'm, I'm already in the habit. Okay. Um, so I have not Black Emilio, who is the sponsor of the show, along with you. And I also have 
a uh, a sweet listener. His son is known as Half Black Neil. So I've got what? yeah. Neil's mother is African American, and Neil's father is a uh, uh, insurrectionist, anti-vaxer white guy. <laughs> and so that is half black Neil and not black Emilio. So it's a kind of all, you know, what r- racial demographics are affecting nicknames on the show. I'm thinking that um, if, yeah, like, you know, 10 years down the road, I think those two become like a superhero duo. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like Batman and Robin, but just those names. Okay. Um, all right, dude. It is. Uh, so I was just talking about a lot of what you do, um, especially during the winter months is ripping shit out of people's homes, demolition, uh, things like that. That's, that's still a thing, correct? Still a thing. Uh, we haven't, we haven't really, we haven't done a demo since, since around the Stephen Hyde times, so yeah, we need some more. So, come on, guys, let's let's knock some stuff down, baby. Absolutely, and you're good. They say people just say, "All right, t- tear this shit down, take care of this, throw it out, and put it in the dumpster, and they're out." Yeah, yep. That's a. We, we've still been, um, like I mentioned last time, December was December was pretty nice. So, um, it, it, things are going well. It's just we haven't done any demos really. Has uh, your better half blue addressed any of your appearances lately? I remember early on, there was a little bit of concern about some, uh, about some content and she, I, I think we're doing okay though. Correct. I think we're doing okay. To be honest, I haven't, I haven't heard any feedback actually in a little bit. So chances are she's probably just not watching them right now. Okay, good. All right. So we can say whatever the hell we want. Is what... Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, on this day off, Kyle, what do you have on the on your list of things that you'd like to to discuss with your old pal Eric Zane and this audience? Um, so here's the first thing, guys. Now, I tried drawing the the tire idea that I was talking about. Um, I gave up very soon because here's the thing: I think you have to have some sort of degree in this. I think you have to have like some sort of mechanical drawing degree. To make any of this make sense, yeah, and um, I and I and I just want to tell the audience you had uh, said you wanted to come up with a device that made it so that you don't have to step on brakes to stop a vehicle. Correct. Well, here's the thing: you still you still need the brake pedal, um, just because of human psyche. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you. I, I feel like it'd, it'd be too big of a jump to suddenly be like, yeah, there's no more brake pedal in the car because people would be losing their minds and. Couldn't be able to figure out. So there's still a brake pedal, but it's just psychological. The brake pedal is just like a sensor for the computer of the car to tell the computer in the car to slow down. You know what I mean? Right. And so we did, we talked about this and, uh, and I didn't, I didn't trick you into, uh, telling you that we've already, you didn't fall for it when I try to describe air brakes to you, or right. I, I should say, uh, engine brakes. And yeah, yeah, engine braking. Yep. What what you're suggesting is the what you have is not like engine braking. No. So here, I'll just show you what Drew. Let me see if. Oh, it's all. Bl- what the heck? It, it was okay, and then it. I don't know why it's looking blurry. You know what? Because when I signed into the Zoom, yeah, um, it said uh, you have to select a background, and I just clicked blur. So that's probably. Uh, what the heck? Okay, well, um, I wonder if I... 
Wait, can I change this? Okay, this is it's too far gone. If you put it um, if you put it in place of your face, it might work. Yeah, okay, let's try it. No. Looks like shit. Yeah, it's not gonna work. But what it is is <laughs> so I what I drew was like you got like your axle, right? Yeah. And then so that's like, you know, a metal cylinder or whatever you would call uh-huh. that. But then inside of it, so you got your axle, and then what I what I drew was like on the inside of it. There's another, like uh, there's another kind of smaller axle. It's like free from the other one, um, and so you, the axle that God, this is this is hard to explain. But so there's like you got your axle, and then you got inside of it like another one. That's the one that's going to be doing the spinning with the tire. You know what I mean? Like it's uh-huh. going to be spinning at the, the same amount of speed as the tire right, the right? same rpms and it's uh it's got like a uh a mechanism so that it can lock in with the other axle is that what you call almost like a drivetrain um i don't know i don't i don't know enough about cars to, to uh-huh. answer that question <laughs> but um yeah so what, what i'm in what i'm envisioning right is so you're cruising on the road you got there's you get your axle there's the one inside of it that's rotating with the tire the outside axle is not rotating that one's it's for that's like for like support and stuff i guess you'd say but so the inside one's spinning right and you got you got wires in there too um because this inside axle essentially has to be like it has to be smart right so it has to have sensors and like wires and junk so there's like wires in there and stuff and so that one's spinning with like whatever revolution per minute you got going on with the tire. You know what I mean? Like say you're driving 45 miles per hour and that like the tire is going to spin. I don't know how many times it would spin in a minute. Like, All right. That's okay. That's okay. Try not to get, say it's spinning like 500 times um, a minute at 45 miles per hour. Okay. Okay. Then you're cruising along and then you're like, well, I got to stop. So you hit, you start hitting the brake pedal. Now say that 500 is going to drop down to like 350 when you drop down from 45 miles an hour to 30 or something like that per se. So the engine of the computer or the computer in the car, right? Yeah. Sure. Is not much bigger because we, we like, we build it to be smarter. So the, as you start pressing the, the, the brake pedal, the car is like, okay, I need to slow down to 30 miles per hour. So I need to slow my tire RPMs from 500 down to 350. So it's going to read the pedal. Cause like I said, the, the, the brake pedal is more like a sensor now. So it's going to really read how hard you're pressing the pedal to realize how much it needs to slow down the tires. And then once you, you know, not, not slam it down to the ground or whatever, but like once you slow it down enough, then it's just going to equal zero because it's, slowing itself down i think I, I wish you know, I knew the heck I was talking about you know I, I i think what's what's marvelous about you is that you you don't really have a sense it appears of <laughs> of of gathering how idiotic you sound when you're talking yeah and yeah and i would agree i think i think uh, i mean people started to scratch their heads and wrinkle their noses when you went when you said wires and stuff in the wheel. <laughs> yeah. I know. Here's the thing. 
it's hard to uh, come up with revolutionary ideas about things that you're already not very yeah. smart about. I think so at, that would be yeah. in cars. At, yeah. at this point, it will probably take you three or four hundred years of evolution on your brain <laughs> to have enough computing power to be able to come up with this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, basically, I guess the, the main gist of it is the computer is much smarter and doesn't need the parts. You know what I mean? Boomer Bob writes, he lost me at dude, bro, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Um, yeah, the idea is brilliant. It's just I just don't know how to talk about it, I guess. Okay. And I can't draw it. That's for sure. Uh, this person, Dennis, writes, there's already a device that correlates the pedal and brake pressure. It's called a master cylinder. No computer necessary. What do you think of that, Kyle? Well, yeah, I agree with that. I'm saying we don't. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's it's converting. It's converting. I guess what I would call it is converting the mechanical power into computing power you know what i mean so like it just replaces it dude question uh bob writes when the truck is parked can the computer mine crypto that is uh that's a good question and the answer is i don't know but (laughs) hey i like that that's smart you know what i mean why not why not make the the computer do more while the car is not in use i like that uh what else is on your mind kyle besides this nonsense um so yeah that that was rough i'm sorry guys um, no 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 i enjoyed picking on you about it the um no one's no one's coming to you for engineering prowess right that's true yeah that's true uh, i'm just an idea guy that's what i always say okay sure um, <laughs> um yeah so the other thing i forgot last week and i forgot i forgot it again i was remember i was supposed to watch die hard oh yes i do remember that yeah, I didn't do it. Um, but I'm telling you, I'm like you. I'm becoming like you, Eric Zane. The more time goes on, the more time we chit-chat on the show, I'm turning more into you. Yes, the more yeah. you talk about things on this show, if if it's talked about, it won't happen. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm coming to realize. And it's, that's, a tricky situ- that's a tricky spot to be in because, like, I think back and I'm like, fuck, right. I'm supposed to watch Die Hard. And it didn't happen. I have a great question from Adam who writes, uh, are you, I, you, you don't know about this, but I just announced it yesterday. We have a paintball war coming up on January 30. If you're interested, that's a Sunday at 5 PM. You know what? It's January 30. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I'm going to confirm this, but yeah, I think, I think I missed the last one. And that first one was fun as heck. So yeah. Oh, and maybe it'll be snowing too. That'd be cool. Well, we do indoor. Oh, indoor. Yeah. Okay. You'll love that. Okay. All right. So there's that. Um, okay. Anything else, Kyle, that I need to? Yeah. Uh, Eric Zane, I was thinking about this as a great little little conversation piece. Yep. Have you ever had, because I got a couple of things. Have you ever had, it doesn't matter in any house that you've lived in, in your life. You ever had any ghost shit happen? Um. I want to say yes, but now that I'm further removed from what happened, I, I I don't know if I can I can stick with that. You know, nothing nothing too substantial that it's like on the forefront of my brain. I remember little nuanced things. It's like, what was that? What did the what did I just hear? But so nothing real significant. How about you? Oh yeah, I've I've had a couple of things. Um, only in like my childhood house though. Um, 
but you you never had anything happen over where you live now? No, not a thing. Yeah, well, that's that's fortuitous, I suppose, because no, I wish it would. I would love that. <laughs> I would absolutely no, I love you. that. I love, I love thinking about that type of stuff, and I, I wish more ghost stuff would happen. I wish I could just see one. I never seen anything. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the crazy things that happened when I was younger. So imagine this, right? Imagine you're me yeah. and you're 16, and so I grew up in like like you know like your standard ranch house. You know what I mean? Sure. Like one level. Like you, the front door goes right into the living room. And then like behind that's the kitchen. And you got like your tiny little hallway to the bedrooms. Sure. You know, a, a standard ranch house. You right. Know? Mm -hmm. um, and so um, when I was younger, uh, me and my dad, uh, we had a German shepherd at the time, uh, Macy. And me and my dad were just kind of playing like monkey in the middle with her, you know, like throwing the ball back and forth over the top of her head. And uh -huh. she'd like jump and try to get it and stuff. But we're, we're in the living room at this time, right? And so he throws one to me and the chair I was sitting in was uh, there's like a part of the wall by that front door that like, like it's like flat and then the, it goes back like two foot and then the wall continues by the front window. So the chair that I was in was like diagonal, I guess if you could imagine that. So like there was like a triangle section behind the chair that was like blocked off from the rest of the room. And so my dad threw me the ball, went over my, I couldn't catch it, went over and then went behind there. Right. So you're just thinking the ball's back there. It got stuck back there because there's, there's nowhere else it could have gone. It just would have been stuck back there. So anyways, my dog's trying to like get back there and get it and she couldn't get it. And so I was like, all right, like I'll move the chair. Um, so I moved the chair ball's gone. Right. It's not back there. I'm like, what the heck? And my dad's like, what are you doing? I'm like, the ball is gone, dude. Like it's, it, it's van, it's vanished, dude. And, um, so he's like, whatever. Like he didn't believe me. So then he goes back there and he's like, where the hell's that ball? Dude. I'm like, I don't know where that ball is. And so we looked for it for probably like, you know, five minutes, whatever back there. Then we gave up, walked around the corner. Um, it walked back into the kitchen and then around the corner and that ball somehow was in the kitchen, dude. Well, did you think that perhaps the dog could have, uh, you know, gobbled it up and ran off with it? No, no, no. Because no. the dog, I, I, I should have explained that part. The dog, Macy, the whole time was like next to us by the chair because she thought it was back there too because it was supposed to be back there. You so know what I mean? It did a little uh, uh, teleportation. Dude, some, something crazy. It's still an unsolved. Robert Stack needs to... <laughs> come back from the dead and do a, do a little episode on this because yeah, it's, it was supposed to, it was an unsolved mystery. So, so yeah, like somehow the ball tra traveled from behind the chair all the way into the kitchen yes. around the corner. And it was just sitting there in the middle of the kitchen. It was weird, dude. Yeah. So now, uh, dad, uh, did he try to give you an explanation or did he, did he say, all right, well, this is just the, was he freaked out too? Oh yeah. He was freaked out. Too. Yeah. He definitely hit me with a, what the hell? And so, yeah, that was, that was like, like a creepy thing that happened. We were like, that was like weird. Um, and then get this like two weeks later, um, th this was like at the, in the summer. So I'm in high school. Right. So it's like in the summer and like, I don't got to do nothing. I just get to like wake up at like 11 AM, you know? And so I woke up, I was the only one in the house and like went out, got a little, little breakfast, let's see her. And, um, uh, excuse me, I'm drinking coffee. So I had a burp. 
Um, <laughs> but then, um, so I woke up, no big deal, went out eating the cereal. And then my alarm clock starts going off, which was weird because it wasn't set, right? So I, I like go into the room, like look at the alarm clock and like turned it, I guess turned it off. I can't really remember that detail, but it, I, I didn't think it was on. So anyways, turned it off, walk back out, sit back down. Then my sister's alarm clock starts going off. And so I'm like, what the hell is going on right now, dude? So then I got up, walked into my sister's room and my sister's, hers wasn't even set. It was like, uh, like blinking, like blinking times. You know what oh, I mean? It somehow like, like the power went out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that, except for, I mean, the power didn't go out. Um, but yeah, it was blinking. Like it was just, wasn't a set clock. Right. Okay. And, and I'm like, what the hell dude? I'm like, how can an alarm clock go off without being set? You know what I mean? And yeah, so I freaked right out. That's it. That's yeah. That's really it. That's uh... <laughs> <laughs> so nothing like too crazy, but just like, like weird stuff like that. My dad did tell me, um, that there was somebody who died like in the garage. Oh, always. That's, that's the way it always is. Right. Yeah. So, um, there's, I don't know. We, we always like, but yeah, nothing like nothing that weird ever happened after that or before that yep. to me at least. But yeah, there was like some weird go and I wouldn't even call it ghosts. I guess it was more just weird, but it just got me thinking. I was like, I wonder if Eric Zane's got any ghostly weird little stories. <sighs> Dude, I don't, I wish I did. I wish I did. You know, Mm-hmm. I, I want to see like something ma- unbelievably ghostly in a picture, like my mother coming back and, and haunting and living with us. You know, I don't know. That's not, it would be cool. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's movies obviously. So like our brains are trained that ghostly experiences are like movies. Right. But right. yeah, that would be sweet. I, I want that stuff to happen so bad just to like, you know, I, mean? I do think about that from time to time. Like, like what if like what would I what would you do if you started seeing ghosts and right to tell somebody you know what I mean you'd I, be like listen I think it's gonna be weird but I'm pretty sure I see some ghosts dude one of my favorite uh, go to mysteries and I've talked about this relatively recently is in Everett Michigan the glowing graves uh, Everett Michigan is uh, kind of like in the middle of the state it's small uh-huh. small community and if you go to the graveyard. And there's no, it doesn't happen all the time. It's very random. And it will only happen when you're outside of the graveyard looking into it. The gravestones, and there's YouTube videos of this, and I've posted it before and I'll post it again in the comments. The gravestones illuminate like there's a spotlight on them. Mm-hmm. And they, it, it's as, is, uh, it isn't like, uh, dimming and, and brightening slowly and fading slowly. It go they go on and off like a light switch on them is turned on and off. And it yeah, is creepy. it is bizarre. It is so cr- I have not seen it. I've seen video of it. And the there's been all sorts of uh people that have tried to figure out what is going on there. And if you're in the graveyard, it will not happen. It never has. And it is bone chilling what's going on there and i've walked i've walked through that graveyard i've been in that graveyard there's nothing okay but at various times for no rhyme or reason those tombstones will light up wow that's uh we had we had one uh like that around here somewhere when i was a kid 
Um, yeah, you had one around there that, that did that. Yeah, like in uh, something like like in the Wyoming area somewhere, um, there was a gravestone like that that used to light up. I think. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna have to ask my dad about this. Um, even where that was, because he took me out before. And, but I was like younger, so I'm not, I can't remember if we saw anything or not. Right, right. Uh, uh, Adam in Houghton Lake says it's it's Forest Hill Cemetery in Everett, Michigan. Um, yes, and uh, yeah, it's really, really, really a, a makes you a nervous mess when you watch it. Just watching the stupid video of it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna Google it for sure. Because now I'm all, I got ghostly, ghostly thoughts in my you got, mind. Got chills. You got chills. Yeah. Um. um yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just got thinking about that. Then I got, then also my brain went to near death experiences. You ever read up near death experiences before? Um, the only time I've read has been like people who've written a book and, uh, it's called like seen the light or the long, oh, yeah. the long <laughs> road back title. or yeah, something like that. It's usually somebody who's really religious and they're describing their death experience. And then about a, 10 years later, after they've made $50 million, you find out it's all debunked or something like that. <laughs> that's hilarious. So that's that's a regular thing. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, There was a TV show, I think on like the History Channel, maybe, or yeah. something a while. Like, this is probably like 15 years ago now, but about that type of stuff. I don't know. Just This is interesting stuff. No, it is. It is. It absolutely is. Kyle, I'm looking back on the things you've said, and when discussing the ball vanishing, you said the ball disappeared. It's it's Van, dude. <laughs> and then while discussing you having uh, at a young age having your morning breakfast, you said you know a little breakfast, a little sear. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Seriously, I used to be the biggest cereal eater of all time. And now, like I'm older, I can't. I can't do it. Like it makes me feel worse. But when I was a kid, those are my. Those are like my my glory days of cereal eating for sure. Kyle, I wish you uh, the best on your day off today. I always appreciate you taking time to join us on the show. These uh, these audience members love you. And uh, yeah, uh, that's basically it. Uh, don't forget to reach out to dumpster divers if you uh, uh, need that type of service. Dumpsterdiversllc.com. Yeah, yeah, give us a call, guys. We got a bunch of dumpsters, and we get, we got still got tools. So let's do some demo, baby. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, see you guys. Stay safe out there. You know it. Kyle from Dumpster Divers. He's a good man, as always. Appreciate him. Always a good time talking to Kyle. Oh, man. What a day. We've got a busy, busy show. It has been uh, absolutely great so far. Thank you. Thank you for and saying hello to retired Ron. Retired Ron. In case you don't know, we discovered Ron by accident on Monday's show when I raided via Twitch. Just a little feature that you do. Uh, hey, I'm going to send uh, a certain number of audience members off to another show. And it happened to be Ron, who was playing Madden. Ron, a sweet southerner in Texas, I believe. Uh, who uh, retired Monday, and now on that day when I raided, he had like one or two people that was watching him play Madden, and he was just interacting with them with this uh, nice demeanor 
And then uh, uh, my group immediately fell in love with Ron. So uh, now I am going to have Ron on tomorrow. I've uh, established email contact with him. So I'm going to, similar to what we had with Kyle on today and Andrew, um, we are going to have Ron in here to get his story. And, And I tell you what, he has just charmed the pants off of all of these folks. They love Ron. And interesting story. It's a good thing I got his email because uh, yesterday, um, after I got done with the Patreon, Ron started streaming on Twitch. And I didn't know this, but uh, I, I know Kenny in, in Nashville, Tennessee, and Adam in Houghton Lake, Michigan uh, reached out to me and said, uh-oh. And I'm like, what? And they said, Ron's streaming and doesn't know his camera is on. And so he thinks it's off. And there's all sorts of dialogue going on in the house. And we don't want him to say or do something uh, thinking that he's not on. I mean, who knows what's going to happen there? All caps. Kenny writes, Eric. Can you reply to Ron's email right now? All caps. Tell him he did not end his stream. He thinks he did. He has no idea his camera is still on. So there was concern that maybe he's going to pull a Jeffrey Tubin and start touching his ding dong on the camera or something like that. Uh, I, I wrote, Absolutely. Kenny writes, thanks. He has concerned viewers that didn't know how to reach him to let him know. His wife could be heard in the background. Are you still streaming? No, baby. He responded. From Adam in Houghton Lake. Eric, Ron is live on Twitch, but he thinks he's offline. He was just talking about emailing with you. You might want to do him a courtesy and email him back quick and tell him his happy ass is still live and streaming. He and his wife were just going at it a little bit. LMAO. What do you mean by that? Were they were they like kissing or something or just like arguing? So it has been an absolute joy to get to know Ron. Okay. We just stumbled upon this random soul in America. How many million people in the United States? And I'm fairly confident we have a brand new uh, personality to highlight on this show. So now all of a sudden he's gone from, hey, I'm retiring to Twitch streamer to now media darling. So I will send you a Zoom link tomorrow, Ron. And off you go. And you, I'm gonna, I want to get your whole story about the growing legend of Ron the retiree or retired Ron. I, I'm not entirely dialed into your nickname. Retired Ron works best. I think that kind of flows off the tongue. I want to know what you did to become retired, what your life is all about. 
I uh, Nick says, you know, he's originally from uh, Michigan, and I did see that. I did see you were born in Saginaw, Michigan. There's a Lefty Frizzell song called Saginaw, Michigan. Legendary country western performer. I used to, uh, I grew up, I didn't grow up. What the hell is wrong with me? When the queen of the forest and I lived in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, we moved to Midland, Michigan. And then I would travel every day to Saginaw, Michigan to do radio work. My uh, Jacqueline, my middle child, was born at what was Saginaw General Hospital. The Joe and the Poor Boy Show. Just so you know, we will be bringing in uh, retired Ron tomorrow on the show. I want to share the story of this. Uh, it's another football story. He's, uh, his name is Isaiah Wilson. I remember talking with you about Isaiah Wilson, uh, Tennessee Titan player at the time. This is the guy who I think it was some bit of drama when he played for the Titans. Uh, because the Titans did not wish him happy birthday. And because of that, like all sorts of crazy shit went on. This guy is such a bust. Okay, terrific offensive lineman skill-wise, at least could have been, but could not get out of his own way. He was let go by his third NFL team in less than two years because he can't stay awake. That's the latest drama. Three months after the New York Giants signed this guy, he was released. Uh, most are saying there's no way this guy can get back in the, in the league. He was a uh, first-round pick, number 29 overall in the draft. And this is pretty much the end of his career. Things got started in April 2020 when during the NFL draft, this guy's mom forcibly removed his girlfriend off of him during the NFL draft. I guess the camera was on him or some shit, and they they they, they see the mom throw the girlfriend off of him? What's going on with that? Were they, like, having sex or something like that? Um... Ma, Isaiah Wilson's mom is very serious about social distancing. After getting drafted late in the first round, Wilson was affectionately congratulated by his girlfriend who sat on top of him to hug him. Wilson's mother did not seem pleased by his girlfriend getting so close to him and forcibly pulled her off of him on live TV. <laughs> so everybody kind of had a good laugh at that. I don't know if you can say that that's part of his trouble, but it just kind of adds to the narrative. All right. Later that year, Wilson was suspended for a violation of team rules in week 13 of the NFL campaign. In January of 2021, during the middle of the pandemic, well, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. I always hate that when people say that. Yeah, back in the pandemic. He was seen partying maskless on a boat over New Year's weekend, which is a direct violation of NFL protocol. Two months later, 
Wilson posted and deleted a tweet saying that he was done playing football for the Titans. It was in direct response he had taken offense because the team did not say happy birthday to him. Okay, to me, this all falls into line with the generation, I don't know if he's a millennial or Generation Z. I think you you might be a Generation Z. I forget the uh, time frame again of Generation Z. I think he's Generation Z. They're, they're the softest fucks that there is. One month later, Wilson was traded to Miami. Three days later, the Dolphins waived him because it was time for him to get his team physical. And he didn't show up. Actually, he showed up late for his team physical. First thing he has to do, and then missing workouts. He missed the workouts because he was dancing on top of a car with no shirt on. So three days after he gets picked up by or traded to Miami, they cut him. Three days after his uh, release, three a few days after that release, Wilson was arrested at gunpoint after a very, very high-speed car chase. The passenger he was found, what he was with, was found with acid. Without a job in the NFL, Wilson released a rap song. It was awful. He started all but one game in his last two years at Georgia and was a physical freak at six foot six, 350 pounds. As a result, the New York Giants gave him a chance. He was signed to the pra- practice squad in September. He did not see any time on the active ro- roster this season and was cut again on Tuesday. Per reports, Wilson's conduct was again for the uh, reason for his release. He would not, he could not stay awake in team meetings. Now less than two full years into his NFL career, Wilson has been either cut or traded by three different organizations. Hard to be imagined him picking up another team. Uh, it's that what a what a horrible waste that is. You have all of that talent, that physical ability, and you can't put it together. You have a meal ticket where you quite literally, if you could just even put in three years as a shitty player. And be smart, which you're not. You could then ride off into the sunset for the rest of your life. Whenever you hear about someone so uh, uh, idiotic in their own choices that they uh, uh, piss their life away, it makes people who actually work for a living like you pissed off. We would kill to be able to have the type of uh, physical uh, ability to earn that type of money. You're talking about a basically winning the lottery because you're absolutely huge and good at football. All you got to do is play a game for a little bit, dial into a system, not be an asshole, stay awake in the meetings, and, uh, you know, there you go. Not be butthurt when someone doesn't wish you a happy birthday. Can you imagine a six foot six, 350-pound man saying, yeah, I'm not playing for the Titans because they didn't wish me a happy birthday? What a bitch. Oh, my God. Jeez. Retired Ron says, totally agree. The things these talented people do just boggles my mind. Kyle says, my mommy is going to yell at you for not wishing me a happy birthday. Yeah, maybe it's the mom's fault for raising this pussy. 
Holy shit. My God. All right. I want to get to that story. Well, we're just getting to... We have a, a lot of the, the, the silliness and drama of today does involve football, but that isn't all that I have because I have to get to the story. I have to get to the story about Pope Francis. Pope Francis, you know, he's kind of been like the people's Pope. Even people who aren't Catholic, like Pope Francis, okay? He is not uh, the type of Pope of the Catholic Church that he uh, dismisses science, you know? He has a real um, uh, welcoming view, kind of, towards homosexuals uh i guess uh lg the lgbtq plus whatever world you still can't uh be a uh, gay person and working at a catholic school or something like that uh there's still a uh it's still looked at as a sin in the eyes of the church but you need to know that I don't agree with everything that the leader of my church says. It's not like that. Some people that are Catholic do. When it comes to what the Pope is saying about what I'm going to tell you about, I do not agree with that. And I'm going to talk about it next. Before I get to that, if you have a business, my God, you have got to get on this podcast with me. Uh, I really roll out the red carpet for all of my uh, fantastic sponsors, and I want nothing more than for you to succeed. And I work very hard in making that happen. If you have a business, just reach out to me, eric at ericzainshow.com, and I'm just going to tell you how it works. There's no pressure in anything. I just tell you what I can offer, and then you decide. There's no red tape. No contracts. Everything is a handshake deal. And for three years to this day, it has worked well. Thank you in the past if you've helped me. Thank you if you continue to help. And uh, Well, as we help each other, you help me, I help you. As uh, I try to help you grow your business. And I do that by just presenting messages of your, uh, of your business and hope that it meets the opportunity that... Um, or the need of the audience. That's what marketing is. Message meets need. Reach out to me via email, eric at ericzanejo.com, and I will uh, tell you all about it. Full House Comedy is the umbrella, the business that has several different comedy venues in and around West Michigan. If you want to go to a show, check out Full House Comedy. They repair cars in West Michigan at Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. They just did a makeover on the the sign. They're doing a makeover on the business. Things are expanding. That makes everybody happy. Congratulations. Um, Stay calm. There's going to be a lot of changes over there at Irvine's. You'll get through this. 
Pardon our dust. We are growing. That's what they're saying. ervines.com. That's ervines.com. They do everything that they uh, that you need to have done to keep your vehicle running soundly on the road. And I mean everything. You can also reach out to them, 616-532-6600. Um, you will see a distinct difference in how business is done when it comes to automobile maintenance and repair at Irvine's. It is absolutely a different uh, way of doing things. And you will be so happy with the top-notch service and expertise that you get at Irvine's. I swear by them, we take all of our vehicles there, and you should too. Rounding out the sponsors for today is Sarah Honda Granville. If you're in the market for a new or certified pre-owned Honda vehicle, check out SarahHondaGranville.com, and that's S as in Sam, E-R-R-A. S as in Sam, uh, uh, S as in Sam, E. R-R-A, Sarah Honda Granville.com. They, uh, right along Kennewa Avenue, next to the Cracker Barrel, if you're familiar with West Michigan. If not, well, that's okay. Uh, but uh, that is the place, the number one Honda volume dealer in Michigan. Okay? And uh, the way they do it now for a new Honda there is a, um, you, you, you order it. You basically pick out exactly what you want. Color of the interior, color of the outside, uh, what size motor, you know, depending on what options you have. And you pick that out. It's essentially your custom car. And uh, that's how they're doing business right now because they're not in the spot right now because of all of the uh, silicon uh, shortages and chip shortages to just go in and pick what you want, and then drive it off the lot. They have to do it differently, but that is how they're doing it. You absolutely can get a new car at sarahondagranville.com. So uh, become part of that process and visit them. Say hello to Thad. That's T-H-A-D, rhymes with fad. Fad, fad. Fad, 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 fad is not sad. He's not bad. This is stupid. Anyway, Thad Bond is the guy running the show over there. T-H-A-D. Please tell him I said hi. Mention him. Mention my name when you go see him at Sarah Honda Granville. You might run into Cameron as well. Cameron is another ally, friend over there. They're all friends, but those are the people that I know. All right. The Pope, the Pope, the Pope, the Pope. The Pope is criticizing people who decide that they want to adopt pets instead of kids. Time out. I, I, I've never uh, known that that was a thing that, that kids are, or that uh, uh, husband and wife are like, well, Hey, you want to have kids? No, let's just adopt a puppy. I don't, does that, I've never heard anybody voice that. I've never heard people say, well, we were deciding, thinking maybe kids, but let's just adopt a dog. I have never, ever heard of that. I love the Pope, but uh, I would be needing, with trying to be respectful here, I would be needing to see 
first of all, proof that people are actually doing that. And so for the Pope, the leader of the church, uh, and uh, to, to say that, so now anybody who has pets but not kids is going to be looked at like, oh, you're selfish. Uh-huh. You and your no kids and dogs. You're in trouble. First of all, let me just say this. Dogs are better than kids. We all know this. Kids are assholes. You don't know that when you have the kids, okay? When you when your wife gets pregnant, you're like, oh my God, we're going to have a baby. This is so great. And then, you know, she, 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 she has the baby and you're like, oh, my life has changed. This is so great. This is awesome. And then it's a slow burn, but that child transforms into an asshole. No matter what you say, and you as a parent, you won't see it. Um, God has shrouded you, okay, with the inability, with the, uh, it's made it so that you can't see what all of the rest of the world knows. Because of this, this is why wedding invitations say no kids, because everyone else knows that your kids suck. All kids suck. Mine sucked. Yours sucked now. Your kids used to suck till they grew up. When they grow up, they no longer suck. But, you know, we all know that all kids have caused all the school shootings in the world. I mean, scoreboard. If it hadn't been for kids being assholes, there would never have been a school shooting. I rest my case. So, being totally honest with you, you don't know that your child is an asshole. But your child's an asshole. They all are. There are no kids that exist that are good kids. And because of you've slowly been tricked into thinking that your kids are great, you don't see it. So at the end of the day, puppies start out, well, they have accidents, they make mistakes, they, they do that, but they eventually grow out of that and become awesome, okay? Kids uh, are, are, are assholes, and they stay assholes for decades, especially boys. Boys stop being assholes at like 46. Girls, much younger. But uh, so I am shocked of course the Pope is going to say that kids are better than pets. How many children have you raised, Father? Zero. None. Easy for you to say, virgin. Yeah. You have zero experience you may talk to baby Jesus, but I've raised two girls and a boy. 
right now, baby Jesus is up there at that big ass table and he's, you know, the usual suspects uh, and, you know, Moses, Abraham, uh, his mother, his, uh, his dad that uh, adopted him. And he's like, can you believe this? What? Well, the Pope just said, don't adopt dogs, adopt kids. And they're all going, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe he did that? <coughs> I cannot support this. No way. I don't see commercials on TV with, uh, what's that song? I I will remember you with the dog in the cage. I don't see kids in that commercial. No. I see puppy dogs. The Pope on Wednesday branded couples who adopt pets instead of children as selfish. Disagree. Uh, replace selfish with brilliant as part of a call to resolve the quote demographic winter that the West faces. The Pope addressed a general audience on the topic of parenthood and called on people to have more children as the West faces a declining population. The pandemic in particular saw a sharp decline with the U.S. alone recording a 7% drop in the national birth rate in 2020. Today, we see a form of selfishness, the Pope said. We see that some people do not want to have a child. Sometimes they have one and that's it. But they have dogs and cats that take the place of children. He urged any couple that cannot have children to instead adopt, pointing to Joseph, the foster father of Jesus, as an example of the highest forms of love that people can attain. Quote, how many children in the world are waiting for someone to take care of them? He said he insisted that the process of adoption must also become easier to allow more people the option. I tell you what's not going to make people want to adopt kids is this. You know, it is a risk. Yes, having a child is always a risk, either naturally or by adoption, the Pope explained. But it is riskier not to have them. It is riskier to deny fatherhood or to deny motherhood, be it real or spiritual. I'm not saying don't adopt kids. I'm not saying don't have kids. But you got to realize what you're signing up for. And that's the point of this rant. Kids are fucked. And you're in for it. You are, again, shrouded and blinded by what you think. You think it's awesome. You think your kids are loving and amazing and everybody should love your kids, but everybody's going to hate your kids. That's the, the fact of the matter. All kids are hated. They're all assholes, and that's the end of it. Dogs are not. Dogs win every time over kids. Uh, the Reddit thread, aw, A-W-W-W, is not babies. It's dogs and cats. 
It's much more popular than the baby uh, subreddit because dogs and cats are better than kids. Okay? Now, I will, I'll go this far. I'll go, I'll go half in with the Pope. You as an adult will need someone to take care of you. You need to also ensure that we have people on the planet to take care of all the dogs. So I think you should have kids, especially if you have a podcast for the stories that you can tell. Kids are good for business. I don't regret any of my time with my kids. It has been absolutely magical. I look back very fondly at all the crazy shit that they've driven, uh, done and driven me nearly insane. Okay. Uh, but you need someone to take care of you when you get old. If you do not have the ability to get a woman to uh, have sex with you and uh, get married uh, to you and to have children and live happily ever after, this is a mistake. Because when you're old, you're going to be living in the neighborhood and everybody's you know going to have to take care of you in the neighborhood. And if you're lucky, they will. If not, you're going to be in that house with your cats and dogs and you're going to die and they're going to eat you. And that actually happened in my old neighborhood in Jenison. Some crazy fuck died with a lot of cats. The cat ate him. True story. So we, you need to have kids. I will agree with the Pope that we do need to do that. I'm not going to say you're selfish. And I sure as hell do not believe the idea that people are choosing pets over kids. When people are in love, they do want to have babies. And you should. But don't tell them not to adopt dogs. Father, holy father, what are you doing? The Pope is not known to have any pets at his Vatican residence, but his predecessor, Benedict XVI, had cats. The Pope also called for the church to pursue a more open embrace of the people of God instead of putting priests on a pedestal. He is currently presiding over a two-year consultation of the Catholic laity around the globe to understand the needs and, des and desires of ordinary faithful and how the church can better serve them. I could go on and on, but I'm not going to. I think I've made my point. I cannot go down the road of saying asshole of the day is the Pope. I'm not going to say the Pope is the asshole of the day. Stevie says respectfully disagree. Are you saying, what are you, what are you disagreeing? I had several things I said. You can't respectfully disagree in text. This isn't a discussion. Zip. What do you mean respectfully disagree? I don't understand. About what? About what part of that do you disagree with? Helicaster 65 says, so a priest wants more kids. We're getting numerous nominations for the Holy Father to be the asshole of the day. 
Hissy Fit 4711. Stevie says there's no guarantee your kids will take care of you. Correct. It depends on how you parent. I have been setting up my children for years. You must take care of me. When I make a tuition payment, I'm not kidding you when I do this. I say, you must take care of me. If I'm not in my right mind, I'm not going in a home. You're taking care of me. You have to plan these things out, Stevie. And as you know, I'm smarter than everyone. I've got it figured out. So there is a guarantee. I have made sure of it. All right. No, uh, we are not going to make the Pope as the asshole of the day, you bunch of ding-dongs. All right. Okay, but I do want to get to that. The asshole of the day, first of all, a foot of snow today, radio. That is just uh, something. I, I do want to share this, too. Yesterday, I was driving, and I listened to a podcast of a radio show in town here. And my God, what what a drag. You had three people there, and they spent, like, way too long talking about the weather. And there is a old thing in radio about, hey, you got to give them the traffic and the weather and the school closings. You got to do that. It's like, look, there's no hope for the medium. I'm just going to come out and say that. There's no hope for it. And you're uh, expediting that process when you're taking time to give me the weather report that everyone who may be listening is already well-versed on because they have this weather computer in their hand called phone. They can see up-to-the-minute radar. They knew hours before you even hit the air, the weather. You could save a tremendous amount of time If you said today's weather, check your phone. Then they transitioned over to, well, hey, I'll tell you what, right around 5.30, we started getting the notifications about the school closings. Let's turn our attention to school closing, girl. And taking even one second of time to list the school's closed. Again, check your phone. Most people have a notification. They sign up to be like part of this thing with their local district that tells them the second the superintendent goes closed, he hits a button on this thing called school closing machine phone, and then every single parent who's looking at it like this, knows. And you know why they're looking? Because they got to find out if someone's got to watch their kids. All right? So stop with your school closings and weather report. Oh, my God. It was painful. Absolutely horrible. Radio shows 
need to abandon all of those old practices. And same thing for the fucking traffic report. I have a reporter here. It's called Red Line on the phone. It sends me notifications when there's a pileup. Oh my God. The amount of time wasted. Radio needs a reboot. The Well, it's not going to last, but if it does, the only chance it has, the only chance it has at lasting is to adopt a podcast mentality and make the, sh- make the radio show a podcast. Fuck, I spend great amount of time talking about sponsorships. The amount of time that I'm talking about sponsorships, that's when they can play their fucking commercials. I, I, it, it boggles my mind why each show is not one big giant episode. Instead, it's all these, oh God, it's just terrible. Uh, I'll say this, the, the, the closest thing to a podcast is the free beer and hot wing show. And it's not, but it's the closest thing to it. Um, and I'll just leave that right there. I'll, you all know how I feel about that. I don't need to go down that road again. Try not to do that as much this new year. It will still happen. Just try not to be as bold about it. I had an interesting conversation with a sweet lady named Erin. And I'm learning that there's still a great number of people that listen to this show and listen to that show. And they don't like it that we hate each other. And it makes them feel bad. And I don't want you to feel bad. So I'm trying to resist that to some degree. We'll see. Because <laughs> I usually I usually fail at it. I think the problem is because I, I listen too much. And then when I hear something I don't like, I'm like, that needs to be spoken about. Uh, okay. Podcast anniversary, one year anniversary of the world's biggest asshole convention. How about that? We barely touched on that. Oh my God. Congratulations. I hope you all wind up in prison. Uh, the video of, uh, Andrew falling out of the stands, not to mention him. Uh, the, uh, the Philly fan, Andrew, thank you so much for being here on the show. That was awesome. Uh, I did not talk about the, uh, okay, there's, there's another story from football that I want to talk about, but I don't have, I'm not going to have it right now. Antonio Brown, uh, dumb fuck football player. Uh, what's his name? Isaiah Washington, Isaiah Wilson. He's an idiot. The Pope. We had Kyle from Dumpster Divers on, continues to circle the drain with this ridiculous concept of brakes for a vehicle. Who is it going to be? And no, it's not going to be the Pope, idiots. The asshole of the day is brought to you by TC Paintball, January 30th at TC Paintball. Though I spent a great deal of time talking yesterday about our uh, Paintball War Sunday, January 30th, at 5 p.m., none of you, not a one, sent simply just hit compose message, eric at ericsaintshow.com. I'll be there. Not one of you did that. 
Why does that, why does that, can you take me through what's happening there? You realize I have great anxiety when I, I it's like, well, fucking we're three minutes before the thing starts. I've got two people that have RSVP'd. It, it makes my life so much easier when, what, when you, when you do that, when you RSVP. Now I know a lot of you are going to be there. Uh, I, I, I can't say it more clearly. I need an email. Subject line, paintball, RSVP. How many? Please. I know you're going. Would you quit ignoring me? Fuck. JM Synthetics is also bringing you the asshole of the day, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Congratulations. You've earned that. Yeah, I would sue the shit out of them. I am Team Antonio Brown on that one. Now, I'm going to click over to the stream. If there's anyone that says, I'll be there, I'm going to mute you. No, I wake 916. I don't know who the fuck you are. You're Jesus. All right, mute. How do you mute? It's been so long since I've muted. Oh, no, I don't want to ban you. I'm just giving you a timeout. That's it, folks. I appreciate you so much. I'll be on Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. I'm going to send you over to retired Ron in a moment. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.